This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. And good afternoon. It's a story that's very important to you, the Zoomer listener, the proposed doctor-assisted death legislation. As you likely know, the Supreme Court has set an extended deadline of June 6th for the Trudeau Liberals to have the law in place. But it's looking less and less likely that will happen. There have been a couple of developments, so we want to bring you up to speed with comprehensive coverage here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Firstly, it is expected the assisted death bill will face obstacles in the Senate, with some senators saying there's no way the bill will pass by the deadline of June 6th. There's also a possibility it may not pass at all if it's not amended to allow requests from those diagnosed with conditions such as dementia. Conservative Senate leader Claude Carignan thinks the Senate will need an additional two weeks to deal with the bill. And Senate Liberal leader James Cowan informed the government's representative that it's simply not possible for the bill to get through all legislative stages in just one week. And the Alberta Court of Appeal has shot down the federal government's rationale for a restrictive approach to medically assisted dying. We'll talk about this as well. We do have Senate Liberal leader James James Cowan on the line from Ottawa. Thank you for joining us, Senator. Pleasure to be here. You don't like the bill the way it's written now. Tell us why. Well, I don't think it, you know, the Supreme Court of Canada was very clear and said that that Canadians uh, who met certain uh, clearly set out criteria had the right uh, to access uh, physician-assisted death. And uh, in my view, the bill, uh, as before the uh, House of Commons now and eventually come to the Senate doesn't meet that test. It, it is more restrictive than the Supreme Court of Canada said. And we, the Supreme Court of Canada identified the rights and uh, Parliament uh, simply can't uh, restrict those rights and restrict access to this service beyond uh, the eligibility criteria set forth by the Supreme Court of Canada. It's as simple as that. Now, uh, cabinet ministers in the Trudeau government would disagree with you. Who's right here? I mean, they they see, or what we've heard in particular from Jody Wilson-Raybould, the justice minister, is that, in fact, it does fit the criteria brought down by the SCOC. Well, I think that uh, the answer to that was given by the Alberta Court of Appeal yesterday. And they uh, were dealing with the case of a person who applied to the court for uh, approval for uh, physician-assisted death, and that's the, that's the regime that has to be in place uh, or. Uh, uh, during the balance of the Supreme Court of uh, Canada moratorium. But uh, they said that the arguments that have been put forward by the Supreme, by the, uh, the government of Canada that uh, restrict uh, the uh, access to this service were, were, were wrong, and they dismissed them. And they were dismissed by the, by the motions judge who heard the original application by the, the woman in Alberta, and then the Alberta Court of Appeal yesterday dismissed them again. So in my view, uh, we have a situation where the, the highest court in Alberta has supported exactly what the Supreme Court of Canada 
said very clearly, not only when it handed down the original Carter decision, but when it handed down the uh, decision a few months ago on the government's application to extend uh, extend the time. So I think it's very clear, and I, I think the bill is deeply flawed. It does not meet uh, the threshold set by the Supreme Court of Canada and Carter, and it doesn't doesn't comply with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Now, based on what took place in the Alberta Court of Appeal yesterday, is that going to change debate in the House of Commons today? Is that is that going to prompt perhaps some changes at the at the level of the House of Commons before it goes to the Senate? Well, I would certainly hope so. I I, I don't know how the government can ask uh, the the the, the, the the House of Commons to accept arguments which have been rejected not only by the Supreme Court of Canada, but as recently as yesterday by the Alberta Court of Appeal. The, the, the government, the, 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 the courts are very clear that this is a right which Canadians, any Canadian who meets these criteria um, has, and, and the government has no right, uh, Parliament has no right to make it more restrictive. That's, they cannot impose additional conditions. Supreme Court of Canada said that, and the Alberta Court of Appeal said it very clearly yesterday. So, okay, let's make that rethink its strategy. Let's make that clear for our listeners. The way the Trudeau government has worded the proposed legislation, the way it stands right now, and what you and the Senate are seeing as the way it should be according to what the Supreme Court of Canada ruled. Let's well, talk about that yeah. difference. Could, yeah, could I just go back, just so that listeners will understand, I just was going to quote very briefly one paragraph from Carter, which is the, 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 at, the very, at the very core of this. The, uh, in, in the, the criminal code made ass, uh, assisting someone to commit uh, death or to, to put themselves to death uh, they said that was a criminal offense. The Supreme Court of Canada said no, that those, uh, those provisions in the criminal code are unconstitutional. And then they said this, that those provisions are void or of no effect insofar as they prohibit physician-assisted death for a competent adult person who, one, clearly consents to the termination of life, and two, has a grievous and irremediable medical condition, including an illness, disease, or disability, that causes enduring suffering that is intolerable to the individual in the circumstances of his or her condition. That's what the Supreme Court of Canada said, and that's what the Alberta Court of Appeal yesterday said. You you have no right, or we have no right, to impose additional conditions or to exclude people who, for instance, are not terminally ill or have a mental illness rather than a physical illness. Right, because the the amendment that the the Liberal government in Ottawa has taken is to use the term that their death is reasonably foreseeable. That's the phrase that, that everybody's having trouble with, right? Well, well, two phrases. One, they say that the, you have to have a serious and incurable illness, disease, or disability. The Supreme Court of Canada doesn't talk about incurable uh, illnesses, diseases, or disability. And then, as you point out, it says, additionally, that natural death has become reasonably foreseeable. Now, I suppose your death and mine are reasonably foreseeable, but the clear intent of this, and the government's been very clear that this is, they're looking at this as somebody who's very near death, terminally ill. And the Alberta court yesterday said it does not only apply to terminally ill people. The, 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 the applicant in Alberta, I think, was 58 years old and was suffering from a terrible illness, but was not 
her death was not imminent by natural by natural uh, by natural or natural death was not foreseeable you couldn't sort of say well she's a month or or two months or a year away she'd lasted a long time with this with this horrible uh, condition but um, was not in imminent um, prospect of death. We're speaking with Senate Liberal Leader James Cowan about the proposed uh, legislation for assisted death in this country. You've heard from Canadians who want to expand the criteria for allowing assisted death. Obviously, that's had an impact on you. I'm thinking of people like Maureen Taylor, who we've interviewed here on Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, the widow of Dr. Donald Lowe. How have those types of appeals uh, impacted senators? Well, I think they certainly, I can only speak for myself, but I think, uh, you know, I've talked with colleagues, uh, not only in the House, not in the Senate, but in the House of Commons, who are deeply moved by the, by the emails and letters and telephone calls that we've received from uh, people who are, uh, who are themselves or who have uh, loved ones who are suffering terribly, but are not in imminent uh, danger of death. People with ALS or MS, uh, people who have had suffered trauma of one type, who are, you know, are are living in in agony, but yet are not terminally ill. Right. And you, we had that horrible case in Quebec uh, a couple of weeks ago, where uh, a woman, um, you know, had to starve herself almost to death in order to qualify uh, for. Uh, physician-assisted death in Quebec. Now, in Quebec, it is specifically restricted to terminal terminal illness. And uh, but if the government's approach to response to Carter is is approved, then you, we would have Canadians from coast to coast to coast having to do the same thing in order to bring themselves to this terminal state so they could qualify. And I just can't imagine anybody would want to willingly, knowingly put anybody through that kind of agony. Senator Cowan, I'd like to put the question to our listeners here as well. Uh, Do you want to see, now that you've heard what Senator Cowan has said and what others like Maureen Taylor are saying, do you want to see an amendment to this bill? Is someone you love affected by this proposed assisted dying legislation? Does it go far enough to give the individual the right to a death with dignity, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Let's talk about the process, Senator. A debate is expected to wrap up in the House of Commons today. We don't know whether this will include amendments to the legislation or not. That What takes place next in the Senate? Well, we expect the latest information I have is that, and here we are at, at, at noon on Wednesday, that the bill will arrive from the Senate, or from the House of Commons, sometime late tomorrow, late Thursday. Okay. Now, Parliament is, is not sitting next week. Uh, the expectation is that we would deal with this when we come back on Monday of the week after next, and it would be it would then go to what we call second reading debate, and then would go to committee. Now there is discussion about whether we would have it in a, you know, in the legal and constitutional affairs committee, or whether we would have a committee of whole of the whole, where all senators could hear could hear uh, witnesses. But that's the that's the process that would take place, and that would begin the week after next. 
I do want Wanda Morris to weigh in on this discussion as well uh, from CARP, A New Vision of Aging. But before we let you go, Senator, there has been concern expressed by cabinet ministers that there will be no safeguards in place if the June 6th deadline comes and goes without the law being approved. What do you say to Canadians to reassure them about this? I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, And, uh, you know, this, this is an artificial deadline. That is the deadline. The June 6th is the deadline at which the Supreme Court will, it's, it's agreed to suspend its, um, its, its order with respect to the criminal code until June the 6th. After that point, we have the, what I, to me is perfectly clear guidance from the Supreme Court of Canada in, in, in the Carter case as to who's eligible to access this service. And then we have colleges of physicians and surgeons in all of the provinces and territories who've been working diligently to provide guidelines, and which would include safeguards uh, for, for patients and for physicians in those provinces. Now, unfortunately, they all won't be the same because they're all independent colleges, but they've been working closely together uh, on, on putting a regime in place that will not only protect the, you know, provide uh, guidelines to, to, to people who want to access this service to make sure that there are appropriate safeguards in place, but also to respect the conscience rights of, of physicians who, uh, for religious or co- moral reasons, decide that they do not want to participate uh, in this service. So we need to, obviously, to protect uh, those rights, and, and uh, there's no question, nobody's suggesting that anybody would be forced to perform this service against their uh, own, uh, against their judgment. So it's a fallacy to suggest that there will be some sort of vacuum uh, if this bill is not passed by June 6th. And I've said it is absolutely critical that if we're going to pass legislation, and I believe we should, that it has to be the correct legislation. We cannot pass legislation that we know, and the courts have told us, does not meet the test set by the Supreme Court of Canada. Senator, thank you for your thoughtful commentary. We appreciate your time. Most welcome. Senator, thank you. you. We are very interested here at Zoomer Radio. Senate Liberal Leader James Cowan on the line from Ottawa. And your phone calls. Are you looking for an amendment to this bill? Are you following this proposed legislation along on its journey through the House of Commons and ultimately through the Senate before it becomes law? 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We're going to turn our attention now to the decision by the Alberta Court of Appeal that Senator Cowan was referring to and here to explain this in studio with us is Wanda Morris, COO of CARP, A New Vision of Aging, one of our properties here at Zoomer Media. Welcome to studio, Wanda. Uh, Jane, thank you so very much. Uh, so so this is, is really interesting. We have uh, this legislation that's been introduced by the, the Liberal government that, uh, you know, as Senator Cowan has mentioned, actually is a clawback of what the Supreme Court of Canada had said. So the Supreme Court of Canada said to qualify for assisted dying, you have to have a grievous and irremediable medical condition. 
that by itself doesn't mean that you have to be terminal, and it doesn't exclude psychiatric illnesses. Now, the, the Liberal government brought in legislation that's tighter than that, that says death has to be reasonably foreseeable. Now we had a chance to see what happens when the rubber hits the road. There is a woman in Alberta, she's known as EF, she's 58 years old, and she has uh, endures chronic and intolerable suffering through a psychiatric condition. Now, interestingly, this psychiatric condition, which is known as severe conversion disorder, results in very significant physical pain. For example, she suffers from involuntary muscle spasms, uh, constant pain, and migraines. She had asked for an assisted death in accordance with the protocols that are now in place uh, and been given that right uh, in Alberta. Her uh, that decision was appealed, and now the appeal court of Alberta has weighed in. And not only have they reaffirmed the initial judgment that she should have the right, but they've really delivered a bit of a spanking to the Liberal government and to their legislation, saying that their legislation clearly violates the Supreme Court decision and that individuals such as EF do, in fact, qualify. We want to know what you think about this as well. 416-360-0740, Elaine in Richmond Hill, what would you like to add to this, or do you have a question for Wanda? Well, I don't know enough about the actual um, the wording of the legislature's uh, you know, what they're going to prompt us to need if someone needs this type of help. Mm -hmm. But I have two questions. One is, is insurance paid on someone who has qualified and undertakes this type of uh, ending of their life? Like, what does the insurance company say about it? Does it go under suicide or does it go under medical help? And also, shouldn't there be an autopsy for everybody that has this type of death so that we can be sure that they were terminal? Because... There's a lot of the things that the medical people know more than the legislature, I would think, and that doctors have to actually be a lot more involved because, I mean, people have, I've known the people that died and then came back to life, like just naturally they were just brained and then something happened and they recovered. So there's far too many things that can happen during these very painful times. Those are great questions, Elaine. Great questions. We do have to take a break, so we're going to get Wanda to answer your questions as soon as we return here on Fight Back with Libby Snymer, Jane Brown in, Libby back tomorrow. We're right back here on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Talking about a hot topic, uh, the proposed assisted death legislation in Ottawa, uh, which now is being called for in terms of having amendments to it so that it's not as restrictive. That's what we're hearing from the Senate. We're also hearing from the Zoomers Advocacy Group, CARP, as well. And with us is the COO of CARP, Wanda Morris. Before we went to break, Wanda, uh, Elaine had called in asking about insurance. Great question. Great question. And what we've heard from the uh, insurers of Canada is that provided somebody is having 
having a, a medically assisted death and meets the criteria for that, that their life insurance will uh, will pay. Um, there are you may be aware uh, certain exclusions in some life insurance policies for suicide. In the case of a, of a legal medically assisted death, those exclusions won't apply. The person uh, will be the life insurance policy will be paid as if the person died from the underlying causes. Uh, and the autopsy issue, and see, yeah. and I mean that's all in transition and limbo as well because the legislation hasn't been passed in its restrictive form yet. Yeah, that was a little bit of a tricky question because the caller was assuming that assisted dying would be restricted to individuals with a terminal illness. What we know is that it can be very difficult for doctors to diagnose exactly how close someone is to death. So that's a little bit problematic. And I would say what's most important is that when we look at individuals today who are requesting to go off life support, which is something that is uh, legal and typical, where individuals refuse uh, chemotherapy or they stop their dialysis or they perhaps ask to be detached from um, uh, you know, oxygen or other life-supporting equipment. That happens all the time. That's part of our day-to-day medical practices. We don't mandate autopsies in those cases, and I think it would be inappropriate to mandate autopsies for medically assisted deaths. Another part of this assisted death legislation that many advocates are looking for is that advanced request for death. Should you be entering the early stages of dementia, many people believe that you should be able to put in writing that when I get to a certain point, having lost my mind to a certain point, I don't want to live anymore. If the legislation passes as it's proposed right now, that would not be allowed. Right. And and I think one of the things that CARP members are, are most concerned about with the current legislation proposed by the Liberals is that it leaves dementia sufferers without any choice at all. Because while they are competent to make a decision, death is not reasonably foreseeable, then when they get to a point where death is reasonably foreseeable, they will have lost the competence to make a decision. I think that the Senate is uh, has taken that issue to heart. Uh, 80% of 8 out of 10 CART members support some sort of advanced consent for assisted dying, and the Senate is pushing for that as well. So this would be an amendment to the legislation For example, uh, if you or I, uh, heaven forbid, had a diagnosis of dementia, then what we would say is if I get to a point, for example, where I'm bedridden or can't feed myself, don't recognize my family for a period of three weeks or whatever time frame, whatever conditions we want to specify, at that point, please give me an assisted death. That's not part of the current legislation. The Senate is, sounds like a majority of the senators are wanting to have that in place. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think Senator Cowan had a very good point that the June 6th deadline or deadline that we hear so much about, I almost want to say that in quotes, is an artificial target. I, uh, I'm really hopeful what happens is that uh, any legislation that's produced is, is done thoughtfully and not just at a breakneck speed to meet this sort of artificial deadline. As we know, the physicians, uh, colleges of physicians and surgeons have been working for some time on, on detailed regulation for how this will come in force. Uh, people that see the legislation as a first step need to realize that the first step has 
already been taken. Uh, assisted dying has become, uh, is no longer illegal in Canada with a Supreme Court's decision. So whether or not we have legislation, as of June 6th, individuals who are grievously ill will be able to get an assisted death. So uh, what I'm hopeful for is that now, particularly with the information out of Alberta yesterday, that uh, this will give people a chance to, to pause, to, to reconsider, and uh, to take the time to introduce legislation, not only that honors the spirit and intention of the Supreme Court's decision, but also that provides a release uh, for those individuals with severe diagnoses such as dementia who want and need uh, the right of advanced consent. Thank you very much for coming in and continuing this discussion with us. Wanda Morris, COO of CARP, A New Vision of Aging, here on Zoomer Radio. Fight back with Libby's Nimer. Libby's on assignment, and she will return tomorrow. I'm Jane Brown. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.